0: Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Uh-huh. And with another installation of the Driven Society podcast. And tonight, we have the founder of Benjamin.com. There you go. Oh, yeah. Financial educator. There you go. Future lawyer. There you go. Black man. Black man.
1: And birthday boy. There you go. Yeah. The good brother.
2: Jake Mr. Carl
0: Doughty. Joseph Black.
1: There you go. Applause. Oh, man
2: i felt like i felt like i was on sway in the morning <laughs> <laughs> on two shit. nights <laughs> yes, it was crazy
1: you know what I mean, but um yeah man yo carl uh i've been hearing about carl through the great suit queen tg and uh and uh, my man john jackson and um john always hear like great things um about this brother right here and um the sector he's in the space he's in is so important man like um, that financial education is so important, and you're like one of the smartest brothers I've had the chance to like engage with and speak with. Um, me and Alex talk about that all the time. Alex is one of my best friends, Woofie. and um um the sector you're important for what you're doing man providing that financial education and i just thought it was so key for you to come on this podcast man i feel like more people need to know about who you are brother like i look at you as like a young legend in the game man so thank you for coming on the ds podcast we appreciate that
2: oh man i'm just so glad to be here bro because you know i've been listening for a while and you're super super selective (laughs) who you have on here so when you were like yo pull up Come yeah, rap. Yeah. I was like, me? <laughs> <laughs> me? I don't, a little old me from Brooklyn? Nah. <laughs> so, so, we we're fortunate so
0: to be so... able to speak to, you know, a lot of um, dynamic people, yo. For sure. Yeah. A lot of, you know, we don't, t- it's not, it's not, we don't take that lightly, yo, because a lot of people, the type of conversations that we're able to have on here, on this platform, is like, I know for a fact that there are people not even having a fraction of those type of, it's crazy, man, it's mind expanding. So it is definitely a blessing.
1: Yeah. But thank you. It's needed. Uh, and in this world of getting our money right, Carl is the man you talk to. You know what I'm saying? Um but Carl, I want you actually to just take it like Cash like you, I'm always interested, in, like, yo, what what are the makings of men like you? So take us back to like, you know, where you from, um, um what made you want to get into law, what made you want to get in that finance? Um, what was the first um educational decision and what college you decided to go to? But let's just take it back from the, you know, the um the foundation.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I'm from Brooklyn. South Brooklyn, Canarsie. There you go. Um, yeah, big up. yeah, yeah. I was born I, in.
1: Really, I'm um. I actually uh. I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in Fatlands Third. Oh, but then I moved to Barbados. I'm an island kid and shit too. Uh, are you are you, are you West Indian or are you?
2: Crazy? Yeah, yeah. I'm Haitian. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, My is. parents, so my up, parents came field? from Haiti in the, um, in the 80s, late 80s. They pulled up, and um, yeah, I was born on Nostrand and Clarendon. Right. So oh man, like, like Dad Center. That's crazy. I mean? Just little Haiti of Brooklyn. So when my parents came here, they was just figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like they didn't really know much about the place. Mm. My mom came here. She was a journalist at a a Haitian newspaper. Oh, wow. So like she didn't really like break out of that Haitian community when she got here. So she was still like very much involved Mm -hmm. um, with Haitians and in that space. So um, for both my parents, it was like a struggle for them to really like get acclimated with the American Mm. way of life. Mm. You know what I mean? But one of the things that like really stuck with them, um, and they kind of drilled in my head was like, yo, the one thing you need in America is money Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you need to have your money right if you want to do anything. So just growing up, I saw my parents just like figuring out different ways to not only make ends meet, but also to reach like their financial goals wow um so yeah like very early in my life like so i think my parents bought their first house when i was nine Mm. yeah so throughout that time we were just yeah in brooklyn canarsie yeah so basically from zero to nine we were just living in apartments and like not no like oh these apartments is mad lit type apartments like Little small-ass apartments, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you hear people wilding upstairs, people wilding downstairs, (laughs) you know what I mean? And you in the middle like, yo, can we get some sleep type shit? Uh So um, just watching that struggle and watching them, like, make ends meet, watching them, like, really go from nothing to where they are now, Mm -hmm. it's, like, lit a fire in me, you know what I mean? And part of it also just, like, really made... Made me pick up the responsibility of like learning America for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that was a big thing for me. I was just like yo, my parents didn't know this my parents didn't know that So I got to learn it not only for my siblings, but I got to learn it for them because they still here You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So so that was a big thing for me So when it came to like going to high school, I went to high school in Brooklyn, too I went to Bishop Ford Central Catholic that was in uh, Park Slope and um, that was like a place where I really started to, like, open up Mm -hmm. to more of, like, what's going on in the world. And also, I was able to, like, really clash with, like, a bunch of different cultures because my school is a very multicultural school. Um, like a a lot of the black kids came from like, like African-Americans came from like Bed-Stuy and their parents had money, but they also were there on scholarship because they played sports. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you had like the rich Italians, the rich whites, so on and so forth. They were in there Mm -hmm. and I was like picking up game from them, seeing Mm -hmm. how their parents moved, so on and so forth. So that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that's when like my horizons really started to open. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that like you brought up the college thing because like, my entire college process is like way different than you know the traditional process. Also, also. Awesome. So, um, one of my really close friends, probably one of my best friends, um, grew up across the street from me. His name was Rudy. His name is Rudy. He's still, he's still out here. Shout out to Rudy. But um, uh, Rudy, Rudy's parents understood America a little bit more than my parents, mm-hmm. right? And. Me and Rudy got real cool because him and his brother, they had a basketball hoop in their backyard and I didn't. So I would go to Rudy's crib every single day and just play ball in his yard. So we got real close and uh, Rudy went to like this really good school. I was supposed to go to school there, but it was all boys. I wanted to chase girls. in high sure. school, So you now I mean, so I went to make but he went to this school called Xavier, which is actually like around the corner from here. Okay. And, um, that's like a ritzy school mm-hmm. over there they like prep you to like go to like the ivy leagues and gotcha. shit. so um rudy was a junior rudy's a year older than me rudy was a junior in high school i was a sophomore and uh rudy started visiting colleges so i was chilling at his crib he was like yo i'm gonna go visit nyu today Are you trying to pull up with me and i was like like right, shit i ain't got shit to do <laughs> so like Fuck okay, it, I'll go to NYU with you. So, Shit, why not? so we went on a college tour at NYU, and they were like showing us everything, all the facilities. They brought us to Mary Kate and Ashley's dorm room. I was oh. like, oh, they go here. This is lit. Mm. And oh. then um, then they brought us. So like I had already like started falling in love with money. Mm. So they brought us to the Stern School of Business, mm. which is like you know right near right near where fi- the first Fight Club was. So um, over there, they were like, yeah, this is where everybody who like wants to work in business or who wants to work on Wall Street, they go to school here and then they get jobs directly on Wall Street after. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of fire. You know what I mean? And then after that, we went to Fight Club Mm -hmm. and that was our first time ever visiting that space because it was like really, really, really early and like the sneaker head the hole shit, in the
0: yeah, yeah. That that's right. like
2: before Fight Club was some shit. Right. You know what I mean? They had like they probably were open for maybe a year wow. or two when they were in that space. And we were there. and We were like, "Yo, they got all the J's yeah, yeah, or whatever." So Rudy was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to NYU," and I was like, huh. "Bet me too." <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, right? So yeah, Jordans would definitely uh,
1: sway a, that's
2: a, that a That'll sway you, yeah, right? For sure. So, so Rudy ended up not going to NYU. He ended up going to um this college in um, Worcester, Massachusetts called Holy Cross. It's like a little okay. bit outside of Boston. Oh. And um, so he went to college there and I was like, bet, I'm going to go to Holy Cross. Because <laughs> my parents That's had it. absolutely no understanding of like what the college process was right. in the United States. So they were just like, just go, like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Figure it out. So, um, So my senior year of high school, my parents ended up moving to P.A., Mm. Um, and my mom was like, yo, like, you still be out here wilding? Like, yeah, you like to get your little money, but you also like to drive really fast on flatlands. (laughs) And you like to, like, chase girls all the time. I don't think I want to let you, like, go to college. And, like, I'm not around to tell you to chill the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Classification period. Classification (laughs) move. So, um, so I ended up moving with my parents out there and they were like, yo, they got these colleges out here. Um, They had Lehigh University, they had Muhlenberg College, and they had Kutztown University. And I looked at the prices of the schools, and I was like, well, Kutztown is the cheapest, so that's where I'm going. Mm. And, like, it was a state university. I had never heard about it. Most of the time when I go on interviews, like, for jobs and stuff like that, they never heard of it. Mm. Like, it took me, like, a year to pronounce the school properly. (laughs) Like, like, literally, hole-in-the-wall college. But it's weird, because, like, Because of its proximity to Philadelphia, a lot of the professors I had for finance were Wharton professors. Mm, So, like, I got this Wharton education for, like, state price. So, like, that that college period really got me dumb nice with this finance shit. Mm, Like, you mm. know what I mean? Like, I got real... Nasty with it because like before I was just like, oh, I'm gonna buy a stock and I'm gonna hold on to it and I'm gonna be lit. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. then and then, you know, a happened and I lost like a crazy amount of money in like a yeah. week. And I was like, nah, how do I prevent this from happening to me again? And then they were like, well, if you want to learn finance and stuff, you should just major in finance. And that's what I did. Mm. And these cats was putting me on game in the realest way. Mm. You know what I mean? So like that really ignited me. Um, I think for like two, two years, two years straight, I only watched one channel and I never turned off the TV and it was CNBC. Yeah. Like for mm. two years straight. Like my mom, my mom got so mad. You're soaking she was up the game. Soaking up the game. My mom mm-hmm. got so mad. She said, you got to pay the electric bill now. <laughs> so like I started right. paying the electric bill. She was like, turn off the TV when okay. you go to sleep at night or pay the electric bill. I was like, wow. here's the bread. I'll pay it wow. every month. What kind of hey, equivalency yes, is. is that, Mom? Like, you ain't
0: use all the lights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like,
1: yes,
0: she, she definitely <laughs> won that move. <laughs> that's a she crazy hustle. Like, I'm going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come up crazy. For sure.
1: That's that's so interesting to me because only until later in the game where I kind of realized, like, yo, real wealth. And Franz, you know, we be having this conversations oh, a lot sure. now. Like, real wealth and learn, understanding that game is... Um, um, it's, it's an art, it's a science to it. Yeah. But they kinda like, the way America's set up, they code that shit like a science. Yeah. So if you wanna like really be good, be well versed in it, you have to legit have to study in it. But once you study it, you and like understand it, and have understanding, you can really open up so many it's ways over. to make mm-hmm. money. Like, it's,
2: it's over bro, like you know what it's, mean? it's really crazy. And, and like because I didn't go to this like Ritzy College or whatever, like it was really difficult mm-hmm. for me to like get internships. In Mm. undergrad so like I got an internship at a um at PSEC which is the largest like credit union in PA Mm. and then right after that I went and worked for a congressman but Mm. in order for me to even work for the congressman I had to like pull up and like help him campaign Mm. you know what I mean and um and then he was like oh like you cool so like I'll let you intern for me and he like took me under his wing, Mm -hmm. and he was like, yo, since you're doing this finance stuff and you're good at it, like, you should really start to look at Dodd-Frank, because that's about to change the whole game for the whole financial system. And Mm -hmm. I was like, bet. And he was like, yo, on top of that, I want you to learn it, and then I want you to tell people about it. Tell ordinary Americans in our district, like, what this means and how it affects them. And that was, like, my first foray into, like, taking very complicated information and breaking it down for, like, regular people to like, really understand. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that was my first foray in it. But, like, doing all of that work, Mm -hmm. like, interning during the semester and, you know, doing all of that, that, like, helped bolster my resume to even get a job on Wall Street right out of school. But, like, the other cats, they were scooping up Wall Street, I mean, um, internships. Like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. They went to Penn. They went to Yale. They went to Harvard. They was chilling. So when I pulled up after school, like, I mean, you got two years of CNBC. You learning game from these OGs. You soaking it up. You seeing how it's all tied together. You learning Dodd-Frank. So you pulling up like you know this. Uh And I was pulling up next to them, like, and they didn't really know it like that. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Y'all don't even really... No game, mm-hmm. they just they so off the name, they off the name, and I was like, Wow, like the fact that it took me so much to get here! Wow, and like, you no, know I mean, you, That's... I'm expecting y'all to be dumb, nice, and yep. y'all not dumb, nice. I've
1: been in many a room where I felt like that, like, Wow, like, damn, I had to do this maneuver, boom, 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 just to get here, and y'all ain't even really that ill, you <laughs> yeah, y'all me? Not even so, that
2: ill. you all asking me for help. Know what I mean, I try to learn game for me. So like sure. I had to go through that process again. of mm-hmm. like breaking down complicated information to make it simple for somebody to understand and take action on, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was all like high key God's plan to like, yo mm-hmm. do this because you're going to have a bigger responsibility later yeah. to do it for your people. Indeed. You know what I mean? Yep. But like the, the catalyst, the catalyst was just like, um, when I first started working on Wall Street, I was doing um, research I was doing interest rate research and its mm-hmm. effect on mortgages. Mm-hmm. And then they made me like dig in a little bit more and like go into whether the mortgage process was done right when the adjustable rates kicked in and so on and so forth. People who didn't pay, like, did we do the process properly? Mm-hmm. Right. So because um, the government was like all over our firm, like, oh, y'all doing predatory lending, y'all right, doing yeah. this. Yeah. So we basically had to vet that before we gave it to like an independent consultant that right. would report it to the government. So, so through that process, like I spoke to like I spoke to a a person who got their crib foreclosed on. They was like, I think they were like two weeks from getting foreclosed on. So they had got like, I mean, the notice and all that fire crazy shit. So, sure. so I'm on the phone with them and they like tripping, and they're like, Yo, I don't know how y'all gonna take my house from me because it's my house. And I'm like, oh, All right, cool, like. But you're not paying your mortgage, they're like, Yeah, but it's still my house. And I'm like, Yo, like, not quite, like, you, you understanding what you're not paying? And they're like, what, What's a mortgage? Explain it to me. And no. I'm like, That's crazy. That these like, were the
1: um, the arms, like, somebody, who had, yeah, an arm. somebody
2: had an arm, so mm. so like, you know, what I mean, the rates kicked up on them, they couldn't pay, they they hit them with a bunch of different programs, extended, but they still couldn't pay it. Right. You know what I mean, those so modification programs, yeah, I remember those. all of those, yeah. so so. I'm on the phone with them and I'm explaining to them what a mortgage is, like breaking it down. I'm like, yo, Crazy, like bro. the mortgage is just a note. You gotta pay the note. Like like look in your crib. Do you have your deed? Nah. And I'm like, you don't got your deed because you don't own your the crib. Like you gotta gone. pay the note off to get the deed, family. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's like, Oh, why? So that's
1: a mindfuck now. Like, yeah. So when you do buy real estate, do you actually own that shit? Until you
2: pay it off. So, you know what I'm saying? And you, then you still got to pay
1: that. You kind of own
2: it. Yeah, you kind of own it. Own, it. <laughs> own it. You kind of own it. You know what I'm crazy. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I reached that, like when I, when I had that experience, I was like, nah, like a lot of people got the game fucked up. Mm-hmm. And like now we in a space where we could really put people on game. Mm. So. I need to put people on game. Mm. But I was still at the firm. They still, like, had a lot of ties on me. They were like, yo, like, a lot of social media policy, da 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 so on and so forth. And I was getting ready to go to law school because I had decided, like, a while back that I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I knew what kind of lawyer I wanted to be. So I had to work at a bank to, like, see if I want to work at a bank and be a, you know, a corporate lawyer at a bank. Mm -hmm. And then, like, so, and then decide to go to law school and then kind of... Finish that out. So, mm. so I had made that decision, and I was like, "Yo, I've been at I've been at this firm for four years, so let me just take a break." So, I got a job offer at VaynerMedia. Mm. Oh, right. yeah, and I took that. So I went there, and I got put on the social media game, the internet game, and this there's layers to this. Like we think it's just posting pics, looking lit, but like that's the art side. You mm. know what I mean? A lot of people don't understand the science. Like, even when you look at Gary V, like, you look at a Gary Vee's page, you're like, oh, he's posting new videos. Oh, that's dope. He changed the way he did it. But, like, he's doing that off metrics. Mm. Like, he's he's got mad data Yeah. that oh, he's like, oh, a lot of people react to these types of videos. Yeah, at this time of the day. At this time of the day. The oh, after, after, like, 50 comments, algorithm be skyrocketing and I'm lit. Like, Mm. oh, if I do this, more people will react. Like, so I was learning, like, not only that part of the game, but also, like, all the tools that are attached to that. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we were using tools where um, you could do um, A-B testing, um, which is basically you run two ads but you make one like small iterative change in one ad to see which one, which $100. ad performs the best. Mm. And then you take that ad and you run it. So we would run like a hundred dollar ad, a hundred dollar Facebook ad as an A B test. And then we'd be like, oh, this is the ad that did great. But we had like a machine that did that for us, and uh-huh. it did like 20 iterations. Uh-huh. So we would just put in like a picture, we'd put in like you know, a caption, whatever, and then we put it in that machine and it would just go berserk. It would do it in all these different orders and then do that off $100. Uh, And then we would get the data back and we'd be like, this is the ad. And mm we get that back in like half a day. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you run a little social media app or you got like a page, like you gotta like keep, posting yeah to see which one and then when you see which one then like you're like oh this is the one that people fuck with but you kind of don't know why they fuck with it yet right so then you try that for a while and then through that like they had a machine that did that Mm. a tool that did that you know what i'm saying and when i saw that i was like oh nah like it's levels yeah they're not even playing on this level because it's a lot of money in this you know what i'm saying so what but But the the lessons I really grab from that is just really like how do I use social media to spread a message and how do I use data and learnings? To really like amplify that message, you know sure. what I'm saying. So, so I was there, but I realized that I just don't like advertising. Man. Like advertising is type crazy. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, digital advertising. Is a crazy yeah, level. it's like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. So would you say that's the um the thing that sparked um raising Benjamin? Yeah,
2: like I was able to uh, marry the two skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, great. Like I know I know money, yeah. and I know I know ads. I know social media so like this is great but like i still wasn't there yet when i left you know what i mean i wasn't it wasn't a oh i'm gonna make a website that does this mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was i was still in the space of like i don't even know how i'm gonna do this yet right. but i know that i'm not staying at this job so i just bounced i had mad money left over from like jp morgan yep. VaynerMedia media cut me a nice little bag so i had dad to go with so I was just chilling for a while. I was helping my homeboy open his architecture firm. That was fun. Nice. And then, um, and then, Tracy, my girlfriend, and my best friend Shadavia, were both like, "Yo, like, you you really know this finance stuff. Like, you, and like, not only you know it, it's not a job to you. Like, you do this yeah. for fun. So, like, share this information." And I was like, "I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet. I gotta figure that out." And I was like, "Yo, like." this is 2017, well, 2016, I was like, yo, I'm tired of platforms owning my access to an audience. Mm. So I was like, I'm gonna make a newsletter and I'm gonna like constantly Excel export these emails so that they're mine. Mm. So then I hopped on a MailChimp and I did that. Mm. And um, that was like the birth of like my first product um, which was the Raising Benjamin Money Mail, the yeah. newsletter. So
1: please tell people what that exactly what that is. And
2: yeah, Money Mail is essentially periodical emails that teach you something about finance, whether it's a financial tool, and mm-hmm. how to use that, or which financial tools you should use to navigate certain markets. Yeah. So let's say you're dealing with like really choppy markets, um, and you know. U.S. equities like tech stocks or whatever is like taking a beating which areas you should start looking into so like you should start looking into gold which is commodities you know what I mean you should start me on gold a little while ago yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying so like you should look into commodities you should look into precious metals you should look into food you should look into natural gas or oil these areas typically do better when you have like like a recession or something like that. You know what I mean? So like raising Benjamin's money mail really like coaches you through that. Not only introduces you to what kind of product it is, but like how to use that product. And, Mm -hmm. and also more importantly, it like brings that product into real life for you. So like one joint I've released recently was about derivatives and like derivatives as a word, just sounds crazy. People are like, what are derivatives? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I basically took what a derivative is, broke it down, and then I was like, yo, have you ever stood on a line for a pair of sneakers, right? Have you ever gotten a ticket from the sneakers app for a pair of sneakers? It's not the sneakers. It's just the access to the sneakers, and that's what a derivative is. Mm -hmm. It's not owning the stock, but it's owning the right to buy the stock at a certain price or sell the stock at Mm -hmm. a certain price. derivatives, the reason why it's not just oh, like options is a type of derivative. Mm-hmm. But like, bonds have derivatives. Currencies have derivatives. Wait,
1: so it's like a a, a product? Like you can buy derivatives in a sense? Too? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: but like you so buy derivatives the, for stocks, which are the puts, access,
1: the exclusive rights to these stocks.
2: Well, not to the stocks but to buy or sell a stock at a certain price for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So like a call option is a type of derivative, and a call option mm. gives you the ability to buy a stock at a certain price. Uh, okay. That's the right. So let's say you get a call option for one month at fifty dollars a share uh-huh. for one month, you can buy a stock for fifty dollars a share. Excuse me this question. Goes up. Ignorant. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. Also. Do your thing. So it yeah, doesn't matter it if, goes if
1: yeah. it goes up. Fluctuation. If it goes up to two hundred, you have that right to oh,
0: buy wow. that fifty. Yeah, you know, How and you that's a lot of people use can, it in like food.
2: Yeah, for um for commodities, yeah, a, for a lot of people do that, or they buy what they call futures contracts. You know what I mean? And those are those aren't necessarily a type of derivative, but they're a type of product that's used in open markets, right? But But back to the call option thing, like the call option thing is essentially that, like you get a stock, you buy a call option on it. You don't even buy the stock. You just get the call option and the call Mm. option actually costs you significantly less than buying a stock. So, like, let's say you got a stock at $50, the call option will probably be like five or six dollars. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so now you could just be like, yo, let me get this call option, hold on to it for a month. I don't know what the stock going to do, but at least, like, you know what I mean, I'll just put a little $5 in. Right. See what's up. It's like buying insurance. If it pops, then I get to use it. But if it don't pop, I only lose $5. Like, mm. you know what I mean? And, like, so using derivatives, like, to navigate markets is effective mm. because if you don't know what's going to happen in the market, but you still want to have your ability to, yeah. like, take risk. Sure. Like you just significantly bring down your risk by just buying a derivative. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how powerful that is. But like the word itself is like daunting.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like <laughs> yo, they, they code this yeah. shit so the communities that still figuring out just trying to how to survive Right, they not even gonna like you know do the research to really try to understand this mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. but that's where the wealth is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I've watched yeah. many of uh um moguls who said that, you know, real estate moguls and different finances was like, you know, how to become millions through the stock game, through the real estate game. And sometimes our people don't have that type of access. So Yeah. And
2: and it's like you said, it's really complicated. And um because it's so complicated, not only people either stay away from it or they wanna jump into it, but they end up trusting like charlatans you know what mm-hmm. i mean they start trusting people who don't necessarily have their best interests in mind mm-hmm. and that's the reason why like i had strayed away because a lot of people have been hitting me up like they've been hitting me up for years yo manage my money just manage my money for me mm. and i'm like nah i want to teach you how to manage your own money yeah. you know what i'm saying because like let's say they hear somebody else talk that talk you know, use the right buzzwords. Yeah, I, I trade derivatives. You know what I'm saying? You like impressed because you like, damn, that's a complicated word. Here's my money.
1: Mm-hmm. Invest
2: it. And they run off with your bread. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you have absolutely no knowledge of how this works. Yeah. They could just keep spinning you and spinning you and spinning you. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yo, learn the game so that if somebody is going to manage your money, you get to press them crazy. they sure. be like, yo, I'm going to make these investments in commodities. You're like, wait, hold on. But, yo, U.S. equities is doing great. Why would you do that right now? Mm. And then now they have to prove their investment thesis to you because you already learned game. You know what I'm saying? And like that's like step one into real wealth because like these wealthy cats, they get opportunities thrown at them. When people know you got bread, people pull up to you and hit you with ops. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yo, man, we got this really good investment in this. But you should like, Word. you know, if all I need is fifty grand and I can flip that for you, it's gonna be lit, right?" So, really, the reason why, I like, wealthy people really make bread is because they are able to, they have a great level of discernment. You know what I mean? They're able to really fish out what a good opportunity is and what a bad one is. And they, they're not always perfect in that space. You know what I mean? But, like, eight out of ten times, seven out of ten times, they're going to hit because they got the education. You know what I mean? They already know game. So, when you're out here selling them something, they're like, eh. I seen this scam before for sure you know what i mean and like that's what our people really need because yes like yes there is an issue with us having access to funds but it's interesting like especially growing up in canasi like you 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 know people who, quote unquote, don't have no bread, but they got a band mm-hmm. and they had the 10 bands to put down on the bands. Right, sure. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like you
0: got well, money for Susu.
2: You got money. for <laughs> mean, You got money off the Susu. Like, you yep. know what I'm saying? So like we we know how to make a lot off of a little. And I learned that from my parents mm. and also just like other family members, so on and so forth. It's just that we don't know how to take that money and make it work for us. We know how to work for money but we don't know how to make money work for us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now it's like, nah, I'm going to teach you how to make money work for you. So that now when you have the opportunity to make money for work for you, you have a higher chance of actually succeeding in that, in that venture. Mm. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? How often so, you send these newsletters? So, um, especially with law school, it's been difficult to like build a level of consistency. Yep. So I try to at least, at the very least, I try to release like four a year. Okay. Um, but that's the reason why like raising Benjamin kind of scaled into a company that just creates financial products, right? Because originally it was just going to be the newsletter, and that was going to be it. Mm. But then I realized that I was getting showered with questions. Mm. You know what I mean? Can and imagine. I, yeah, and I'm. On top of that, I'm also realizing that, like, as much information I'm giving you in this, you know, newsletter in this post, like, I'm even reading it. I'm like, yo, there's still a lot of questions yeah. available here to be mm-hmm. asked. For sure. So, so then I went and created like a text, a text bot. Like, you can literally text questions. In? Yeah, text questions. So, so oh. like, it's a financial assistant. It's called Benjamin, and you just text Benjamin. Um, whatever your questions are and either like there'll be a response to that question or there'll be a link to a resource that really digs into that question mm. more Bye. so that you can actually leave with like somewhat of an answer. You know what I mean? Yep. So so at least at least the process is much easier than it was when you asked the question, oh. you know, so so that ended up rolling out because I was like, man, like people have questions. So I need to create a, a, a repository for that. And then and um, and then, right. and then, one of the recent new products that um, I released was called The Dom. And I'm still like in beta with that, where basically what I do is I release on a daily basis um, news that is important in markets and mm. that you can actually look at and take action on. You know what I mean? And like I've been doing that recently and I'm still beta testing that product. But um, it's getting, like, good, you know, responses and stuff like that. Right. But, but, like, that's the goal of Raising Benjamin, to create products that really help people like me, people that came from communities that I came from, mm-hmm. underserved areas, because, like, it's just not there. Like, even mm-hmm. when companies try, they just don't do it right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Amazing,
1: brother. Yeah. 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 Well, since we got you here, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Non-billable. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, so real estate investing. Yeah. It's a thing now, right? Mm-hmm. Always been a thing. I mean I was in it earlier, but um, you know, a typical real estate investor if you're going on if you don't have like, you know, if you're going out at the traditional way you have two years of income. You get to be able to buy investment, or you be able to, you know, even if you're buying a home, if you're buying a residential or whatnot, you have two years of income. Credit score over six hundred and forty, you might go FHA, you might go conventional or whatnot. But if you're going investing, you either have the capital, you're going to hard money lender. That's one option as well too, right? Um, but as far as investing in um, REITs, I believe they're called, right? Yeah,
2: real estate and tr- investment trusts.
1: Exactly. Um, what would you say is is there a better option of investing? is there a safer option what would what's your thoughts
2: on reits so the thing is reits are one of the very few open market li- liquid products where you can invest in real estate cuz that's the really that's really the most difficult part about real estate it's not getting like getting in is difficult but really the issue with investing in real estate is that it's a very illiquid investment mm-hmm. like you buy a house or commercial property or whatever right like if the market is going sour and you want to let that go, like it's going to take you like a year to let that go. For mm-hmm. sure. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you have like an open market product, like a REIT that's just sold on an exchange, like you have an easier time selling that product to another investor so you could get out much easier than other products. So that's, that's, that's really the like big win mm-hmm. off REITs. Um, also like it, it carries the same risks. Right. Um, Carries the same risks, but it does have a little bit more protection because those who issue the REITs have to, like, adhere to regulatory guidelines. Mm. So you're not dealing with, like, funny business. You know what I mean? Like people that are doing REITs are like large scale real estate developers that are raising hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they have large teams of people that just do regulatory compliance with the government making Mm. sure that, like, the REIT that they put out is operating at, you know, the the regulatory guidelines. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, like, so it's much safer for an investor to kind of, like, invest in that product because... If they scam you, like, you could dead hit the SEC and be like, yo, they scamming. And then the SEC is like, I bet we're going to pull up. We're going to wild on them. And then we're going to get y'all an award. And then y'all get y'all bread back. Y'all probably won't get the whole thing. But you know what I'm saying? At least you got your hard money in your hand. Sure. But when you're doing the actual work on your own or you're doing it with a group or you're investing with some other dude, like, it's a little bit more difficult to kind of extract your money or get out of that investment. God forbid it go sour. God forbid it go sour. Right? So so that's really the advantage that you have at REITs. Um, now if you're going to do REITs, I always tell folks like really focus on like highly liquid properties, highly liquid investment properties. Right. So like not REITs where you're dealing with, um, like yes, rental properties are cool, but like the real ones are, like, facility-based properties. Like old folks' homes? Like, those are, like, um, hospitals mm. or, like, medical device companies or, like, um, one of the really hot ones right now is, like, warehoused, warehouse-based properties Mm -hmm. because a lot of companies are like buying up warehouses. Um, BlackRock's doing that, Um, a few other firms, KKR is doing that. Mm -hmm. And they're figuring out different ways to like raise money. Some some of them, they're using them in open market. Some of them, they're just raising money internally and, and doing it. But the warehouse space is really hot because of e com like mm. e-commerce mm. you know what i'm saying yeah
1: barney's is about to close down yeah i you know, heard that yeah crazy. it's like
2: it's like there's still a money play in this in this area because as like your shopify your amazon and these other e-com companies are like popping up your society six they're using these warehouses as fulfillment centers mm-hmm. so then like they're taking these packages they're processing them and then they're shipping them out on trucks mm-hmm. or whatever so like Warehouse space is something that's really hot. So if you find you a warehouse REIT, a warehouse REIT, or like a global medical device REIT, or something like that, these type of these types of REITs or these types of investments, if you know like access to something like that, then, you know, play around with that. I like those. The rental properties are a little more difficult, especially when you're thinking about like a New York, that's like a pro-tenant state. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like that's a little difficult because you could uh, have like... Six or seven tenants saying we're not paying no more, and it'll take two years to get rid of them, yeah. you know what I mean, and the only way you could come up is by taking that loss on your tax return, yeah. you know what I mean, and it doesn't make up for the fact that you're losing this income, yeah. you know what I mean, so it's like those are a little more difficult, so I wouldn't like put, you know bank the house on those, mm-hmm. but um, you know the 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 spaces where you could do the the corporate play, it's a good win. You know what I mean. Speaking
0: of liquidity, man, let's talk about a little bit about um talk a little bit about uh damn, the word was just in my head, dividends. <laughs> dividends, yeah. Cuz that's like that's that's something that's, you know, really attractive to people who want to be able to earn yeah. money but not sell. At least right. you're, you're able to kind of pull some liquidity out of
2: it. So Right. So please. so the dividend thing um so dividends are essentially payment like it's like a thank you for owning the stock. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you bought my stock, good looks, I'm gonna cut you a check either every quarter or twice old. a year, you know what I mean? And and they'll just pay you for owning the stock as long as you own it, right? So it's a good source of income, especially if you get like, use some high dividend stocks. Um, it's a good source of income. Um, The only thing is, if you withdraw that money, you have to pay taxes on it. Mm. You know what I mean? And on top of that, you have to add that income on top of your ordinary income. Mm. So, like, there are a few ways around this, like, this issue. Right? Like, one way is just saying, all right, cool. Like, I'm not going to own the stock as me. I'm going to own the stock as a company, you know what I mean? And, like, so your portfolio is just, like, owned by blah, 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 LLC. Oh. And you buy all your stocks through this LLC. And then when you do that, like, that income is, quote, unquote, taxed. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of it being on top of, like, the money that you made at your nine to five and then putting you in a different tax bracket, which essentially, like, takes more taxes from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there's ways around that. But it's a good source of income, especially if you get some really good, high-dividend stocks that's lit. Um now, there's also another play. Um, it's my favorite play. It's when you get uh, high dividend stocks in, like, companies that, like, are, n- like, natural gas companies or, or natural gas transport companies. So companies with, like, huge liquid assets or assets that generate a lot of cash. And usually those are on the market known as um, master limited partnerships Right. And the cool thing about master limited partnerships is that when dividends are paid, um, the dividends are tax free because they're a master limited partnership. That that designation in the market, that designation legally is a tax free entity. And usually the the partnership pays taxes, but the shares and the, the owners of the partnership don't pay taxes. So what a lot of these master limited partnerships do is they'll. They'll incorporate in a tax haven like Bermuda, and then they'll say, "All right, great. Like I incorporated in Bermuda where I don't pay taxes or pay very low taxes, and my shareholders are in America where master limited partnerships get tax-free withdrawals. So everybody, so nobody pays taxes, or people just pay very low taxes wow. instead. So like, but the master limited partnerships are available in open markets, mm. so you could just. Fuck around with those and get high dividends, and usually those give you high dividends wow. because they're like huge income, high income generating assets. So like they usually like oil tankers or like natural gas tankers, and they, they basically transport um, natural resources from one place to another. So mm-hmm. like those are the joints that like I like fucking around with, just cause. You know what I mean, it's tax sec- free. Man, Yo, that's what's so to. fly about
0: like finance, because you really start to realize how like, how interconnected this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Like, just even like the stuff with China, right? Yeah, it's like we have a trade war with China, so they're not buying soybeans from us. Well, they well, they, just well, it. they just changed. Well, they just changed. it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like during that period, it's like all right that you start to think, man, I wonder where China's gonna get their soybeans from. It's like, yeah. oh, Argentina has soybeans, Boom. and they also have a weak economy. Boom, probably a, a deal there. You know Boom. what I'm saying? You just start to look at things. Yeah from like that that macro like point of view and shit, right? But, um, you know, it's, it's so nah, dense. Nah, I'm like, I'ma so I'm I'm
2: help you out real quick, because mm. one of the things that um I've been talking about all year, like I have um I have another product, but it's like a silent product that's called um The Blacklist, where it's just like a private group of people who kinda wanna dig in a little bit more and they're like, yo, like, I'm trying to see what's up. I'm gonna take up more of your time. So I'm like, oh, if you wanna take up more of my time, mm-hmm. you gotta cut a check, right? So. So I have this private group and all year I've been talking about um, pigs. I just been talking about pigs all year. Mm. Like cats was like high key annoyed. That I keep talking about pigs. Huh. And the reason why I was talking about pigs is because Asia just got hit with a wild case of African swine fever. And um, African swine fever is O.D. savage. Whoa. And the reason why I know it's O.D. savage is because Haiti got hit with African swine fever in the 80s. And Haiti's original black pigs got decimated. And now they have pink pigs. So I was like, wait, hold on. African swine people, I remember hearing about this from my parents growing up. Mm. So I went, did my homework and I was like, that was it. That was the American swan feed. That like the African that was it. That's how America got their pigs in Haiti. Mm. You know what I mean? And companies like, you know, Tyson Foods, you know what I mean? It's like out there with their stock lit 'cause they moving they moving pigs in Haiti now. You know what I mean? So wow. so I did more homework and I was like, Wow, like China gotta slaughter at least a million pigs. And, like, we're talking about China. We're talking about pork fried rice and chicken wings, China. We're talking about pork dumplings, China. We're talking about pork is essential to the Chinese diet. So we're talking about half of the supply of a food that is a core delicacy in one country. Mm. Then I was digging some more, and I was like, wait, like, it's hitting the whole region. So who has... Who has pigs that don't have African swine fever? And I was like, wait, America never had African swine fever. South America also hasn't been hit with African swine fever. I was like, yo, look, these are the moves I'm making. Y'all wanna make them with me? Y'all can make them with me. Wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and we've crazy. been and we've been lit. Like the news, wow. the news has been like ramping up lately. Like, well, one, the trade deal, yeah. the trade deal, the mini trade deal specifically said soybeans and, and pork.
0: Yeah, wow.
2: And then on top of that, news just came out, they were like, yo, like America's exports of pigs is the highest, all time highs. I've been making this place since June. Wow. You know what I mean? And like that's that's the power of the market. Like that's the power of finance. Mm. It's like identifying a problem, then doing research on that problem, then deciding which tool you're going to use to execute with your money mm. and then cash in the fuck out.
0: Facts. You did say investing is All just right. a game of knowing where everyone is going next and getting there before everyone else. Nice. I thought that was a, a <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah, we got to do a part yeah, two. Yeah, we got to do like part two. Because like, a time, lot of dense information. Because I want to get into cryptocurrency. I want to get into yeah. bad Shizzle. shit, bro. It's crazy. It's crazy. Damn, we got to get we gotta get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yo, Carl, just before you go, we always ask our guests this, like, what drives you? What gives you the gusto?
2: Um, keep going keep pushing through man wow uh wow there's so much uh one is just you know i'm trying to pay my parents back they did a lot for me in montessori school piano lessons catholic school my whole life all that always been my support always just was like go ahead do your thing you know what i mean so so that's one also it's to um change the image of how people on wall street well just bougie people in general look at people from the hood because like when you see a dude in a hoodie and or when you see a dude in nike tech you think he's just like looking at like complex when i want i want folks to see a dude in nike tech and be afraid because he might be reading the wall street journal on his phone mm. you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to change that, that image too because i don't want us to have to like conform to other people's societies like you know what i mean we have to coach with so much So, like, I don't want us to have to code switch so much. I want us to know that the opportunity is there for us and that we can finesse. You know what I'm saying? So, that also drives me. Also, just, like, seeing how much value I add to others Mm. drives me. You Mm. know what I'm saying? So, those are the three things that keep me me going. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he will be back. (laughs) He will be back for another day. I mean, now
1: now we got to get him (laughs) something, my bad. But we got to ask him the uh, the music question real quick. Oh, yeah. On the island... Get airdropped three albums. Which one you choosing?
2: Um, alright So, uh, the first one I want is um HBO Succession season <laughs> one. Yo, the
1: yo. Do, 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 do,
2: do. We just <laughs> finished that shit. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. I love I this put on that yeah, shit. Yo, yeah. yeah, I know like, you fuck with billions too. Od, but like the HBO Succession like soundtrack for season one Hard. by Nicholas Britell
0: mm-hmm.
2: is like od fire. And Very then when you regal. dig into his other work, like He's a savage. Like, I'm a person that really likes film scores and TV scores. Me too. So, like, when you start digging into, like, Nicholas Bertel, when you start digging into Hans Zimmer, Jeff Mm -hmm. Beal, those hypercats cats, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh shit, it's a whole new, like, genre of music. You know what I mean? So that fucks with you. And I think I like it too because I played piano for a long time. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it brings me back to childhood a little bit. um The second album is going to be the Black Album. Um, Gotta have the Black Album. That shit is a classic.
1: Like anything whole for um, sure
2: and the third album is tough but um i'm gonna do like uh either this or that i'm cool but um it's either if you're reading this it's too late mm. okay or it's, i love that joint or it's the um the more life the more life joint mm. okay yeah enough variety in both of those to make it through the island oh yeah that was a winner when uh If you're reading this Too Late Drop, I remember that specifically. Yeah, Yeah, that was like a February, I think, when it dropped. And it was like unexpected. And we was like, yo, this is a classic. And then Meek Mill ruined it. Shit. <laughs> he was what like, he, "Oh, Quentin Miller wrote it all," and I was like, "Damn." Yeah, and then the, the fucking and then uh, reference Drake track came and for then
0: him at four in the morning, like he had
1: a warrant. Yeah, bro. <laughs> back back. For
2: a year and a half, he was coming at his head. Yeah. So crazy.
1: That's why Meek has the uh, biggest comeback ever because yeah. yo, he was. I was, was telling somebody like he, he was a soldier dude,
2: dad, bro. Yo, he got a Grammy off a of diss track.
1: Crazy.
0: Back a, to back was hard. A though.
2: Grammy. The
0: no, Grammy nod. Yeah, a Grammy but still, nod, yeah.
2: but still like off a of diss track. Takeover ain't even get that. True. Ethan ain't, even get, Eva, that. Eva ain't even get that. You want? Imagine being in the club, popping bottles, and the DJ play back to back by accident. If you're Meek Mill, you're sick.
1: He was sick for a year. Come on. He was. That sick. shit was. It was too much.
2: It was. Come on. This baby.
1: shit crazy. For you're well. sick, bro. <laughs> but the good brother, yo, Carl, tell him where to find you on the socials. Where'd yo,
2: that? um, at C Joe Black at the letter C J O E like Joe Black like the color on all social media. And the website is RaisingBenjamin.com. Raising like you raising a kid. Benjamin, like the kid's name is Benjamin.com.
1: There you have it. You're one of our most uh, important uh, podcasts of the year. Yo, We appreciate you, brother. Yes, oh, of course. And in the words of Jim
0: Jones, before you get your fun up, get your funds up.
1: <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> you already know. Like we always say this time, stay driven. Stay driven, yo.